0: Let us pray. So, Father, in this season of Advent, as we look to remember and honor the coming of our Lord and His promised return, we pray that you would draw us near to yourself. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen well good morning everyone good to see all of you here this morning and i took a little bit of vacation time this past week to um to do some projects at home and on um last sunday night i started with a sore throat i'm better now my voice hasn't recovered but i am not sick at this point but um I said to Tammy, the stuff that's gotta get done has gotta get done whether I'm sick or not. It was just one of those weeks. So, um, but thank you to the staff who covered things this week and while I was out and um, it's always good to know when I'm out that I don't have to worry about those things. And um, I also wanna thank everyone who assisted with the food giveaway yesterday. We provided food for about 230 families. And so thank you all so very much. And I also wanna take a moment past month's been a little crazy around here at the church with um the bishop's visit and synod and um, multiple funerals and i would just want to end getting ready for advent and the greeting of the church i just want to express thanks to everyone i'm not going to go and name a list of people in different areas of ministry because i will leave someone out but thanks to all of you who've done so much um to support those who were bereaved and honors our brothers and sisters who have gone on to be with the lord as well as helping with synod and serving with the bishop's visit and greening the church last Sunday, which went incredibly well. I just want to thank all of you for serving both um, in front and also behind the scenes and it takes a huge team to get all those things accomplished. So thank you all so very much. Well, today is the second Sunday in Advent, and I'd invite you to take out your Bibles or devices with Scripture on them, focusing today on our gospel reading from Mark chapter 1 on this second Sunday in Advent. Mark Mark excuse me, Mark 1:1 1, 1 begins with these words: The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And shortly after that, in verse 4 it continues with these words john appeared john appeared what mark is saying in a sense here is that the message about and the message of jesus in the context of his gospel for theological purposes begins with john the baptist especially in the context of this gospel that was written actually for a roman audience originally it is profoundly fitting during advent that we should look at john's ministry John's ministry stands as a bridge between the Old Testament era and the emergence of the New Testament, which is, which his prophetic ministry in so many ways inaugurated. John really was the one who inaugurated, in a sense, the New Testament. John is the last in the line of the great Old Testament prophets. And as the prophecies of Isaiah, Malachi, and Exodus quoted in verses 2 through 3 show us, he is also the forerunner, preparing the way and immediately preceding the full revelation of Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah, the promised deliverer. Everything, hear that, everything about John's life and ministry pointed to Jesus. From the prenatal John leaping in his mother's womb at Mary's voice in Luke 1 verse 41, which is a beautiful sermon in itself, to John's words in Mark 1 7 where he says after me comes he who is mightier than I the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. John realizes that his ministry must decrease that Christ must increase that his ministry is one of preparing the way preparing the way for one of exceeding greatness of one who is almighty and in contrast, John's ministry, in contrast to the light of the one to come, is one of the lowest servant, even below that, because John says he is not even worthy to untie the strap of his sandals. Now that may not mean that much to you and me, but in that day, that was a profound statement. Because one function that even a, the lowest Hebrew slave in the house was not required to do was to untie the sandals of the master. And here John is saying, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. I'm not even worthiest because my function in comparison to his is below that of the lowest slave in the household. In comparison to his exceeding greatness, I am lower than even the lowest slave. And John comes calling to the people of his day, and John's message calls to you and me today in this second Sunday of Advent in 2023 as well. And what I want to do this morning is look at two essential components of John's ministry, which have profound importance and application for us. The first is this that John's voice was a voice of preparation. In terms of preparation, John had a single message he was truly if you will a Johnny one note he said the same thing over and over prepare get your heart and get your life ready he lived in the wilderness and throngs of people went out into the wilderness and sought to hear and see this unique strange and very odd person but for what why They heard his message and the response to which he called them, and it was the same basic message time and time and time again. Repent and be baptized. Now this message that John was giving was an affront to the establishment and to the status quo of cultural, hear that cultural Judaism of the day, because John was calling for Jews to be baptized. He was calling for people who were born Jewish to genuinely genuinely repent and be baptized. And this was a radical thing. It was understood that non-Jews who converted to Judaism would be baptized. But the prevailing mindset of most Jews was was if they were born into a Jewish family and they didn't do anything to overtly reject God's law... They were among the redeemed. They would be saved. They were included among God's people. But John says, no, wait a minute. And his message challenged superficial and unscriptural assumptions. Because John said that everyone comes to God on the same terms by a living faith not by virtue of one's birth or family lineage, not simply by virtue of externals of going through the motions. He's calling them away from superficiality and outward trappings and simply going through things on the surface. He's calling them away from these things to a real, true, deep, vibrant and living faith in the living God. He is content to return to the heart and the essence of God's law, which had always required faith. Did you hear that? I know I, I say this with some frequency from the pulpit, but this idea that Jews were saved simply by outwardly keeping the Old Testament law is not true. And if you can get past that misconception, you avoid all kinds of theological errors in the Old Testament. Yes, they were called to keep the law, but they kept the law out of heart obedience, out of a desire to honor God. And the law gave them a means to express their obedience. The law gave them a means to express repentance for their sin and the law gave them the means to express faith in the promise of the one to come because all of the law and the sacrificial system pointed to the one who would come who was the ultimate deliverer for them Jesus Christ and so through the sacrificial system of obedience to the law they were expressing faith faith in the promise of God of the deliverer to come John confronts this issue of superficiality even more explicitly in St. Luke's account of these events. In Luke three where we read, he said therefore to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits in keeping with repentance and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. That's a hard word. So so how should John's message of preparation resonate with you and with me? what does it say to us in our day when so much of what is viewed in the culture around us as Christianity is in many instances a subculture rather than a living faith of substance where far too often people view church as a social club or something they participate in to feel good or just another um, virtuous venue to to help other people and church somehow gets viewed even as other community activities and opportunities for service i think often about this and um this community is not a whole lot different than the community tammy and i lived in when we planted a church in harford county maryland a number of years ago but in harford county particularly the part of the county where we lived people often moved there because of all the things that had to offer their family. And what you would see so often is all the things that had to offer their families kept them from the very family life they wanted, or they thought they were moving there for because they were never home together. They were involved. And again, nothing wrong with these things in moderation. So please don't say father Scott said your kids shouldn't be in little league or your kids shouldn't be in dance or this or that. No, that's not what I'm saying. But they got so busy that they were never together as a family. One of the the high schoolers in our church back in that day, um, his English teacher at the local high school asked the class, how many of you sit down and eat dinner together as a family at least one night a week? And it was a class of 20-some kids and six kids raised their hand. Think about that. And so often with that kind of thinking god involvement in church participation in a a local church gets grouped in with all of these other activities as a good thing on the list and it becomes in a sense if you think of like a pie chart it becomes one wedge in the pie of good things that we do as a family it's just another part of the busyness and and that is a huge error Because what God calls us to is life in Christ that is lived out in community, and that should be all-encompassing. It's not a piece of the pie, but it must be that Jesus himself is the whole pie. You follow what I'm saying? Then out of that, as God leads, we become involved in those other things. and We become salt and light in the community. But parents, I want to speak to you. Think about... And because you're all sitting here, I'm probably preaching to the choir, not the people that really need to hear this. But what do we say to our kids when Sunday worship, the Lord's Day? I'm not talking about being legalistic, but this is out of a heart of love and a desire to honor God and come together as community. What do we say to our kids when church on Sundays is something we do when we don't have something else going on? rather than this is the Lord's day and we come together as the people of God redeemed by the blood of the Lamb to go and give honor and praise and worship to God and then everything else falls into place and fits into place around God as our priority and not just God being a piece of the pie in the business of our lives. even people who claim to take the Bible seriously can fall into this trap, where tragically we can take our cues from the culture around us and we somehow create this superficial veneer of social Christianity, which at its core is not biblical or godly at all, but it is secular and reflective of the culture rather than demonstrating a truly biblical worldview which is anchored in the truth of God and in godly conviction. And godly conviction is at times costly and it will be countercultural. Now, I know that's a hard word, but it's a loving word to all of us in the busyness of the world we live in about where our priority needs to lie. if the faith we somehow are, sim- are trusting is simply a superficial or a cultural Christianity or something which we think we were simply born into, then John's message stands as a profound indictment and corrective to every single one of us. Because what God wills for us is so, so, so much more than that. He calls us into intimate living faith vibrant and personal yes but also lived out in community with god's people his church this is god's design and in this god calls us to abundant life and he calls us to a lifestyle daily a lifestyle repentance where our lives together are an ongoing journey of more fully turning toward god and living in greater union with him as he continues to mold and shape us together, not in a vacuum or isolation, but together into who he calls us to be as those who are his. And as he does that, he calls us to demonstrate out of that place his love and his character in this world. John's message is one of preparation. Prepare the way. Prepare the way of the Lord even more fully in our hearts and in our lives this very day second John's message is a message of proclamation look at verses 7 and 8 with me which I have already quoted in part and he preached saying after me comes he who is mightier than I the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie I have baptized you with water but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit What is our preparation for? Brothers and sisters, we are prepared, we are equipped to be heralds of the greatness and the goodness of God through Jesus Christ to the world all around us. He, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It speaks of the fact that this happens not through our own efforts or through our own human strategies, but in the strength and the power that comes through Jesus, the one who is willing and who is more than able to flood us and fill us and empower us with the Holy Spirit of God to be his people and to continue his work in his way by his means. To be heralds of the good news of redemption in Jesus Christ in both word and in deed, in action. So that when people encounter us, They encounter the living Christ because the Holy Spirit of God is truly flowing in and through and out from us. And he is at work in our lives. And we, as we yield to this work of the Spirit, along with all God's people, can be proclaimers in the power of the Spirit of who God is. Proclaimers of God who is reconciling the world to himself through Jesus Christ. Proclaimers of God whose will is to transform and deliver and heal and set people and families free. And all for the glory of his name. So this Advent, prepare. Prepare the way. Prepare the way more fully as we surrender afresh and in new ways to to God in our hearts and lives. Seeking to be filled with his Holy Spirit, that's not automatic. Seeking to be filled, to be refilled, to continue being filled and walking in God's power, to do God's work and to be God's people in the way he has designed and intended. And this Advent proclaim. Proclaim the good news of the gospel. Touch people with the love and life of Jesus Christ. And let's take this from the theoretical theoretical level down to the reality. Who in your world, who in your sphere, are you intentionally praying for right now? And who in your sphere of influence are you prayerfully reaching out to, to build bridges, to connect so that doors open to share the gospel? and perhaps even invite them to come along with you to church or a church event. Who are you prayerfully seeking to build relationship and bridges with to invite them into this life in Christ, to introduce them to Jesus, to tell them what the Lord has done in your life and the life of your family. And we have lots of opportunities for that in this season. This is a time of year when sometimes people that are otherwise are closed to the gospel, even on their own at times, show up for church. I was in a a church a number of years ago. It wasn't one of our churches here in the diocese, and the rector stood up and said, well, um, for those of you who haven't been here since Easter, let me bring you up to speed on all the announcements that have happened in the past eight months. But people are more open in this season of the year. So ask God to open our eyes and show us who we are to seek out in building bridges. Invite them in. Invite them to the drive-through living nativity. Invite them to one of our Christmas Eve services, our service of lesson and carols. Invite them to one of the other activities here at the church, a food giveaway in January, or you name it, we have a men's breakfast, any of those types of things. But the Lord is calling us. And we need to ask him, who is he calling us to reach out to? Who is he calling us to invite in? So during this season of Advent, ask God to continue preparing our hearts, prepare the way in our lives for all that he wants to do in us. And like John's message, may ours also be one of proclamation, not just in word, but in word and action and deed that we would build bridges and reach out to those who need to hear and experience and know the good news of the gospel in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. So Father, prepare our hearts. May we daily prepare to be more fully open to what you want to do in our lives. Walking with you, serving you, allowing your good and gracious work to go deeper and deeper in us um, as individuals, but also as a community of believers together, because what you've called us to is lived out in community. So prepare us, Lord. And Lord, prepare us as well to be those outposts of your kingdom, to build bridges and connect and share the love and life of Christ with those around us, who need to know Him. Lord, give us grace. Give us Holy Spirit-empowered opportunities to build bridges and friendships that are meaningful and lasting and open doors for the gospel so that many may know and be transformed. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.